Welcome back to the A21 podcast. I'm still your host, ASAP Addy, episode three of the podcast. Man, I don't know what week we are in lockdown, to be honest. Probably like week seven, week eight. I've lost track. Boris has come out with the new phases we need to go through. So we are saying, don't go to work, go to work. Don't take public transport, go to work, don't go to work. Stay indoors. If you can work from home, go to work. Don't go to work. Go outside. Don't go outside. And uh, and then we will or won't uh, something or other. Anyways, to today's episode, we're going to talk about different things. Talk about the music battles that's been going on. I know a lot of people have been locked into that. NS10 v10, Wizkid versus Vibes Cartel, uh, Drake versus Rihanna. We're going to get into that, sh- give opinions about that. Football's coming back, some sports are coming back, so this weekend Bundesliga is coming back, so I'm excited about that, so hopefully we can get into that. But the main subject this episode is going to be centred around is The Last Dance, the best documentary out there right now. Well, the best documentary in history, in my opinion. Michael Jordan, I've got two guys here, two of my mates, and we're just going to dissect it and just talk about different parts of it. So... Without further ado, without wasting your time, we're just going to get into it. So welcome to Chris and Tuberi. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. You know, the resident basketball aficionado. Relax, relax. We've not gone into basketball yet. When we get into basketball, I'm going to start that off by getting my ticker tape out about LeBron. Great father, <laughs> great philanthropist, <laughs> great dad. I That's promise school, all of that. You know, I've got it ready, Stephen A. Smith. But we're not going to go into basketball. Yeah, we're going to start off with um, the music battles. I know Tobari Otidi has been straight into that on Twitter and stuff, and you've been keeping up with stuff like that. So, like, the Whiskey Vibes Cartel one, what did you think of that in terms of, like, song selection? Obviously, Whiskey won 10 nil, but... It was weird. I think I think for that both of the song, both of the selections for both of the artists went really good. To be honest, I think we got done a lot, a lot more. For real. But like for vibes, can tell that was really bad. There were so many songs they didn't like. Yeah. I thought like they would was apparently the guy called I think Lev's or Les, whatever his name is, said that yeah. he couldn't play some songs because it had like homophobic or some stuff in it. Rubbish. But I was just like, who cares? Just play it. Exactly, like, really intrigued. just get the songs out and just play the songs. Because there's no song about Vibes Cartel that literally everything is pum-pum killing, pum-pum killing. Like, really intrigued. Every single song. Every single mm-hmm. song is about pum-pum or knocking one beat or something like that. So, like, play the songs and let's have a good time. And the girl as well with the whiskey ones, like, I don't think she played Come Closer. Yeah, she didn't play like his, like, she played some good... Okay, We're trying to hear some mania. We're trying to hear some come closer. You dig, but she was going back in the catalog. I think that's what happens when you've got like British Nigerians instead of actual yeah, whiskey FC. Like, like concrete like whiskey FC guys. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go yeah. into it because she was playing like the old school stuff. Like deep down, I understand. Tease me is a nice song. It's a nice song, but tease me should not be coming. You dig, like tease me should not be coming close in a 10 v 10 battle but yeah like obviously the drake and rihanna one as well that was the most recent one <laughs> that broke my heart yeah they, they didn't do justice for drake at, at all, all. Drake. like first of all the handicap that's rubbish yeah you've gone okay we're not gonna do the we're not gonna play songs that both of them are on so the rihanna and drake songs like oh no no what's my name yeah you can't, you can't play any of those ones but yeah. i'm pretty sure the first song that she played was literally a Rihanna and Drake song, Work. Like, Drake was on Work <laughs> as well. She played Work. I was like, are you, are you for real? That's literally the first song. And she won that round as well. Like, by landslide. Yeah, she did. It was like 70-something. Well, 84-16. Can you see? So, I don't know, man. They did my guy Drake dirty, but it is what it is. Everyone knows that Drake is the real winner. Drake, Drake was meant to. Nobody, nobody can go against Drake. Only Michael Jackson can. Very true. Relax. 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 Y'all just stretching the truth now. <laughs> Don't let the beehive come for you. That's not even that, but like some of my friends actually did like Drake versus Kanye the other day. And surprisingly, man, uh, Kanye won. So no, he, actually, 
Yeah, so Kanye's got Kanye's got some bops, man. <laughs> uh, Kanye's bag is deep, man. So the person that can beat Drake, Michael Jackson, I give you one. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but yeah, that was pretty much it. Like, I was just disappointed in song selection, and that's the thing. Like you come into those battles straight away from the off. I want to hear bangers, ten bangers straight away, bang, 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 all the way around, to, all the way down to round ten. Like I don't want to hear any strategic, uh, to uh, because this round is a little bit slow vibes or whatever. That I know, fire for fire, back to yeah. back. But that's the music stuff done, man. I hope season two when it come back, they can. And that's another thing, matchmaking. Drake versus Rihanna is a little bit weird. I want to like Rihanna versus Beyonce. Don't you think? Yeah, whiskey David do that would shut down Twitter. Mm, yeah, I think that would fully shut down everything. Yeah, I think that would probably have made more sense. That would have made more People sense, are, like in the same space. Yeah, because they had uh, Beyonce, Mariah Carey, and I was like, that's okay, but Mariah Carey doesn't have like they don't go together like that. It's a weird combination for me. I feel like more like Beyonce, Lady Gaga, or Beyonce. Rihanna. Rihanna it would have been a good one because I had an argument in another uh, group chat. I was like, I f- personally feel like Beyonce would win that. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Huh? Tomorrow, now. I'll say what you want to say. Let me get it's only because the beehive vote for Beyonce. But let me tell you most guys, most guys. I mean, those guys rather bop to Rihanna's tune. That's the thing. Because Rihanna probably has like more hits or whatever. Obviously, she's had more success on the Billboard and stuff like that. But I feel like Beyonce's got those songs that like, once they drop it, it takes you back to those times and you're just like, fuck, I forgot this is a banger. Because for example now, especially for babes, if any, if one of the competitors drops like, for Beyonce drops, girls who run this mother, that... Uh, run the world song that by Beyonce. What's Rihanna got to counter that? For real, Rihanna has many things. That's on the level with that kind she of song. Work can go against that. Work can go against that, but you feel like you once they drop that song, like girls are gonna stand up and start. Uh, you run this mother. Because Rihanna has bigger girl fan base also. True. I mean Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce's got a bigger female fan base, but yeah, guys, obviously. We love Rihanna, not just for the music, for the makeup as well. Yeah. <laughs> and for other things outside. But yeah, shout out Rihanna. Shout out the, pe- the guys, the No Signal guys. Like That was really, actually really cool. It's made me, it's kept me entertained the last few days. Anyway, secondly, I know you guys are like crackheads. You've been waiting for sports to come back. We've literally gone cold turkey the last few weeks. And I've been itching. I mean, I don't think I don't think the NBA is coming back anytime soon. Uh-huh. I mean, thing is that you actually never know because it's kind of a weird one. Like everything was building up quite nicely. You had March Madness, which I always look forward to, Damn. and then yes. Yeah, so once that was cancelled, you kind of just knew that. I mean, well, the NBA was actually the first to go, but you kind of just knew that like like it was about to happen. So the NBA went, then March Madness quickly of like followed to them before you knew it. Uh, even baseball. I mean I, I know you guys don't watch baseball, but in a time like this, man, <laughs> I think even the most, you know, the most like people who would never dream of watching it might have tuned in, but that's also gone. I honestly hope that tennis would be able to like survive because you know it's like a really small you, you can literally have a tennis match with like just the two players or four if you have doubles, the umpire and like I'm, I'm sure there's someone up there who's running um, Hawkeye and like a ball boy or two. I thought that I would be able to like survive, but everything's been shut down. So, I mean, it's kind of unprecedented, to be very honest. But you, you see leagues are trying to, you know, make different moves. Have honestly they're coming back. You have Premier League, they're discussing how to come back. I saw pictures of Real Madrid players back in training today. So, I mean, I think everyone is trying to, you know, see what they can do. But the question is, is it going to be safe? That's actually the key question. I mean, it's kind of thing where if one player just gets sick, like maybe, you know... Shots on the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it's just like... Because, you know, I saw on uh, the news how three Brighton players got... Uh, Coronavirus, yeah. Yeah, so like... It's very... Because some players might still have it and might affect other players. So is it worth risking lives of other players? Like what Danny Rue said 
and I got so much backlash for it. But like, even playing without fans, you, a player could have it and you wouldn't know. Even if they test them, I'm like, if you test them, I find out now. You have, I think the league has to take a decision whether to cancel the cancel the prem, or even if the NBA just cancel the NBA and just wait to start again in like September, October, August, whenever it is. So like, everybody show that a safe. I, I think that's the best decision, even though I want to watch the NBA. Yeah. I mean, I think like, yeah, no, go on, go on. Even La Liga, like, I think it will be safer, like, for everybody to just relax. Let's get through this um, whole period. I want everything set so you can come back and kick off. I think life, it's better to be safe than to be sorry, basically. True. I think it's kind of tricky because, obviously, all of us want sports to come back. But at the same time, all the experts that I've heard anyway are saying that it may take like a year for a vaccine to come. So it's like, how long can you afford to wait? Not just because of sports, but just in general, like in terms of people going back to, to their um, everyday lives. But I was thinking about it today. Okay, let's say, for example, like let's take the NBA. If the NBA does find a way to come back, maybe it's by going to like a uh, world or something where they can quarantine. The issue now is, I mean, let's just say like worst case scenario, a player or two gets the virus. And let's say, for example, let's say the Lakers, let's say like um, Braun gets the virus, like, and then in the middle of a playoff series, will you say that the whole series is going to be called off? Because you can't tell the Lakers to just keep on playing without their best player. So it's kind of tricky where if that happens, or even if it's like Premier League or Champions League or whatever they decide to bring back, if like, let's say for Juventus now, if you have that... Um, that the CR gets it and he can't play. You can't tell Juventus, okay, you guys should just play on without your best player. So it's, it's, it's tricky, man. It's kind of thing where I think until tests become so available where you can literally test out at the drop of your heart, man. It's going to be hard to justify bringing back any of the leagues. But I guess we have to see what happens. Obviously, Bundesliga is coming back this weekend. I'm pretty gassed about that, to be honest. I think we've got Dortmund, Schalke this weekend. So. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I think also with when Bundesliga come back, I think there will be like a test to run mm. for like other leagues to see how it goes for like the first maybe two or three weeks. Whether if anybody contact, let's say in the next one or two weeks, somebody contacts a disease. Yeah. They have to shut it down. You have to. So like, I think let's see how far the Bundesliga can go in the next like two or three weeks. If it, if it can continue, yeah. then I think other leagues all that can try. Can try and, and do the same thing, yeah. So, like, obviously as well, Germany have done a great job with handling the COVID and everything. So, compared to England and compared to the UK, they've been atrocious right now. Like, how many people, I think it's like 50,000 people that the official data office of national statistics. And Boris, Boris said, um, you can go out now. If you like, he didn't. He actually say anything. He literally didn't say anything. Nothing's changed for real, actually, except for you can exercise outside for a little bit longer. But really and truly, from what he said, tennis could actually come back because you're so separate from each other. So you can literally just play tennis the whole day. So I feel like, obviously, June first is the time or is the date where they've put that sports can come back or behind closed doors and all that. But we'll see what Boris says in the following weeks and hopefully. We can get sports back safely. It depends also if the numbers do go up before then. True. Now, I was going to say, it's kind of weird because, like, you would think, like, tennis is the easiest to come back. But that's probably the sport that I've actually not heard anything about them exactly. doing much. Because I've heard about, obviously, basketball. I've heard about footy. I've heard about, um, like, um, baseball. But I've actually mm. really not heard about tennis, you know, trying to actually, like, put into place... Um, I mean, I guess, I don't know, maybe because they have a lot of players in different countries. So, like, the NBA now, like, all their players are um, in the U.S. part from maybe, like, the Raptors. Yeah. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why they are not. But because I'm sure, obviously, tennis have guys in France, guys in Spain, guys in the U.S., guys in the U.K. So, maybe that's why it's a bit trickier because the, the, there might be a lot of travel involved for everyone to one location. So, I guess maybe that's why. But, I don't know, man. It's the kind of thing where we, we have to just wait. We'll see. Well, UFC, they did, they did a great job this last weekend, like, satisfying my need for sports. And I stayed up, like, till 5 or 6 in the morning watching UFC on yeah, Saturday. I watch that. Great fight. Yeah, I mean, I, I only caught the last fight. And, I mean, that was a great fight, man. I couldn't believe that uh, what did Tony could take all that punishment. Oh, no, I expected that, man. 
I knew it was going to lose. I knew it was going <laughs> to lose, but I didn't expect such a beating. Like, That's all the, the thing, because like, each time he got caught, like, surely he has to go down now. And this, this guy's inhuman. And shout out heavyweight as well, Francis Ngarni. Did you watch our fight? Well, it literally uh, lasted like a minute, so you probably catch like clips of it on. Yeah, no, yeah, I saw the clips after the fight. Yeah, you, you so. can literally watch it on Twitter if you if you wanted to scroll through right now. So like the guy is an absolute beast. I think he's from uh, Cameroon or something, one of those West African countries. Yeah, but the guy is an absolute. First of all, he's built like incredible Hulk, and he touches you right now. You're going down. And I think he's spoken about coming to boxing as well. I think he wants to fight Anthony Joshua, but obviously everyone uh, wants to fight Anthony Joshua. I don't think he should. Die. I think he, he can't underestimate the advantage that AJ will have. He can't just yeah. say you're going from USC to boxing. I want the best in the world. He could get Wilder, Sha. I can't lie. <laughs> this is your Wilder, your Wilder agenda. <laughs> Two guys I don't have time for. LeBron and Wilder. Both of them, they can kick rocks. <laughs> I, I, need, I, I need Wilder and Joshua to actually fight. <sighs> I don't know. That would be. It. I mean, personally, I think AJ has that easy because yeah. he has the power. Plus, he has the technique. I mean, bro. like that's why I was surprised when Fury knocked out Wilder. I said it from the onset. Bro, I was yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't even watch the fight. But like, I said it from the I onset. Woke, that, like, I woke up when the fight ended. But how long did the fight last? Please. Oh, I mean, seven the one, rounds. Yeah, you know, seven rounds. But like for me, after the first fight, which I feel that Tas Fury got raw. Yeah, I, I feel like obviously just knocked out at the end helped Barter. So I knew in second fight that there was no hope. Like, I knew because in terms of skill, it's not even close. It's not, it's not, I mean, Wilder has, like, the great um, um equalizer in his right hand. So if he catches you, then enough to put you away. But I just knew that if it's Manu Imanu, like, they have to trade blues. Like, first of all, Wilder can't catch Fury um, on a consistent basis. And secondly, Fury is too skilled. He's pretty quick for some size. He has, he doesn't have, like, devastating cable power, but you, like it's just the build up of blue after blue after blue and you can tell like water wasn't prepared for that man I knew it was going to happen anyways we've spoken about sports enough but now we're gonna get it's still a little bit of sports ball we're gonna go straight into the documentary I know everyone's been crazy about it like every Sunday like literally every weekend for the past four weeks has literally been amazing one of the greatest documentaries to ever be aired on TV or yeah, any platform. Greatest, it has to be. Like, I don't think it can be topped. Like, what other story can you tell? Because the thing with this documentary is, it's so good that even a Hollywood scriptwriter can't write most of the things that has happened in the... How many years did Mike play? Like, was it 15 years? 15, 16 years that he played? They can't write this up. But yeah, everyone that's been into The Last Dance on Netflix, ESPN, it doesn't matter if you're a sports fan. Just go over and watch it if you've not started watching it. But we're going to go into it. No need for spoiler alerts because it's real life stuff, stuff that's happened before. Obviously, the start of the whole thing was Jerry Krause and Jerry Reinsdorf. And let's speak on that because the way he messed up a massive dynasty, like who does that? I think, well, I think, yeah. Because, you know, he told Phil Jackson this was going to last year in 1998, beginning of the season. Yeah. So basically, I think if Phil Jackson stayed for an extra two years, maybe they could have won against the Spurs in '99. Yeah, but Lakers in 2000. Mm. Lakers were still young though. Lakers were still young. Andrew might not have been in the prime anymore. And Scott also Scotty in 2000. We don't know. Um, I think to be honest, it's it's kind of crazy because you kind of think how pride is what literally topples what toppled the organization because. The fact is that Jerry Krause was a good GM up yeah. until, like, he wasn't. Because the moves he made were crazy. Like, he drafted Pippen. Yeah. He got Horace Grant. He traded Oakley when that was, like, MJ's best friend on the team. And that was at the risk of upsetting his best player. So, he made, or then he, he made the move to get Rodman. Obviously, he had to, like, ask Pippen and um, MJ how they felt. Mm. But, like, so many good moves were, like, they were a powerhouse. But then, just because he wasn't getting the credit, which, I mean... As a GM, you have to know that you're in the background. Like, you are meant to get the credit. Obviously, like, the fact is that if he had let it, like, you just come to a natural conclusion, people would have said to say, oh, yeah, like, look at what Jerry Krause did. But just that pride of, you know, I have to get some credit. Like, people, like, he said that um, organizations win championship, no players. And that's just, like, crazy. Because fact is that some of the top, if you go to NBA history, apart from maybe, like, the 04 Pistons, 
where it was like a team, like a like a real team effort. Maybe yeah, if I look at yeah. if you look at 2011, maybe you can say the Mavericks. Like that was, I mean, you can say they were they were like a powerhouse. Even though Dirk was the top player, but most times it's like the best two, three, four, five players that like their teams are there every year. So for him to think that his organization was so good that without <laughs> like Mike and Scotty and like everything they would win is just crazy to me. And I mean, it's sad because that's how you remember that people always, you know, people always focus on negative. Like that's just like the world we live in. He did all the great things, but then people look at him as he dismantled the dynasty. Yeah. So, I appreciate Cross, man. I, I mean, yeah, rest in peace, man. He can't defend himself, which is another thing. Because people say, okay, like, I mean, he could be a nice person as well, you know, when he wasn't like related to, you know, the Bulls. Because I'm. You saw when he was having fun on the plane with Scott Pippen. With those dead yeah, dance exactly. moves and stuff like that. That's wild because I can't just imagine now if like Bob Myers had told Steve Kerr, even if the Warriors go 82 and 0, I'm not bringing you back. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Crazy. all of us would have lost our minds. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild, man. One thing we're not going to do is give Jerry Reinsdorf a pass because he's the owner of the organization. Like, obviously, you give, you're giving power to the GM or whatever. But you've got the power to overrule whatever he says. Like, literally the year before, you flew over to Phil Jackson's house and you gave him a new deal because Jerry Krause was going to get rid of him literally that year. So I don't see any reason why now that the guy's dead, you're doing a documentary and you're coming on here and acting like you weren't part of the whole thing as well. Mm, I think I saw someone make a point today. I think it might have been, uh, it might have been Jay Williams, I think about how, like, Reinsdorf, I don't think he was the, like, um, he didn't own the team outright, so maybe he didn't have that power. But if he did, if he actually did have, like, the majority power, and I think he doesn't get a pass either, because at the end of the day, he had, like, he had been around the team long enough to know that it was special because of Michael and Scotty and their production. So those are, like, the key pieces. Yeah. And for you to lose both of them, like, they felt that only Mike was good enough to continue. Fair enough. Um, I think... If we move on to episode two, episode two was when um, Scotty. I think when, we were talking about Scotty Pippen a lot. Yeah. How he how he wasn't paid enough. Yeah. I think I think that was really bad to be honest. Um, Scotty should have left. <laughs> I think that was very bad from the whole Chicago Bull organization. I think like the, obviously you know I think the year the year he signed the contract I think the yeah. summer I was in next year like. There was an increase in like financial salaries. Salaries. I think the they, NBA. they should have at least given him like maybe 10 million, an extra 10 mil or something. What's 13 million for seven years or something? That didn't make any sense. <laughs> Guys need to understand as well, first of all. At the same time he signed that contract, Mike was on a similar contract. Like literally, yeah, Mike was earning like four million, and Scotty was earning three million in the f- in the first year of the contract that he signed. So it was pretty similar. It was only like in the last two years of the Bulls dynasty that Mike got thirty million and thirty million in both years by signing one year deals. So people need to look at it in that way because I see people going Mike nah, was selfish I don't think, or whatever. I don't, I don't think that. it's a case of Mike being selfish. I think it's it's complicated because obviously, like his background I mean I'm talking about um, Scotty here his background made him um, more interested in like long term security but I think it's a case of it's completed in the sense that okay first off you wanted that um, security because who knows what can happen if you get injured tomorrow you want the security but at the same time Reinsdorf literally told him do not sign this contract because it's going to be a bad contract like in a few True. years and don't come crying to me but at the wow. same time like I feel as an owner that be flexible because first of all, it was clear by like second or third year, just as you predicted, he had far outplayed his contract. So it's kind of thing where one of your best player, like your second best player, he's out, he's like outperforming it, and you know that he's that important to you. So you, it's not like you can't be so proud. I would say, like in as much as you want him, okay, fair enough. He made that mistake, and like so, you can't really. It's not like Randolph is a bad guy, but it's just that you know. As an owner, you know that people make mistakes. Like, just set your pride aside. Like, even though you said like you wouldn't like renegotiate, just out of the fact that he just show some loyalty to your player. The same way he paid Mike when Mike was playing baseball because he was Mike. Why couldn't you just like make that same um con um con- that okay? In as much as he made a bad decision, we can overlook it. So I don't know. It's just kind of thing where like Pippen made a bad decision, but then as the owner, man, come on, like just for like the health of your team. 
you can. You will do better. Man. I know, man. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. Find a way to help him. And also, I think this was the episode where those highlights, man. Like, guys, forget about Mike. Because obviously, we've been inundated with LeBron the last. <laughs> How many years? <laughs> How many years, guy? <laughs> okay, okay. Before we speak about LeBron, listen. I want to make sure I see it right here. The breaking news. LeBron's Family Foundation, our promise initiative, forced a positive change. He's a great husband. He's a great dad. He's a great basketball ambassador. He's a phenomenal role model. I need to clear this up because episode one of this podcast... Obina was coming with the energy of Dotun doesn't like LeBron, he's biased. I mean, it is clear he he an agenda like against, Listen, 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 let's relax. Because we both know I'm straight down the middle with LeBron. Mm. I'm just a critic, but I say yeah. it as it is. Like, guys don't want to say it, but like... How about guys don't want to say it, man? It's just... You're thinking exactly what I'm saying when it comes to I'm LeBron. I'm not thinking what you're But saying, I'm like, the one who says... No, for me, LeBron is the second best player of all time. For me, that is. But he's he, not my favorite player like that. He's not someone who I say I get up to watch the LeBron game. So it's not as if... I don't think you have to be, like, a LeBron fan. Like, he's a great player, but... I mean, obviously, he has some great moments. Like, you can't take that away from him. Just watching his games, like, the moments he's had, like, it's remarkable, but he's still so great to me. But the way you talk about LeBron, it's as if he's, like, a parasite. Listen, I'm literally just saying it as is. For guys listening out there, I love LeBron James. <laughs> like, that's Bron Bron. Taco Tuesday! Okay, <laughs> Everyone knows I love LeBron, so I don't understand why Obina was coming with that energy no in the first place. That, and you're going to see it moving forward in this episode that I love LeBron James. We're not even going to talk about him. That's because of the love I have for him. That's but yeah, true, we're going to talk about the Mike. love you have for <laughs> him, really. About Mike. Who's expected to believe that? <laughs> Listen, we're going to go back to Mike's highlights. And that's, I saw you and Bumi were having a conversation in the group chat about how. Guys actually forget about how good this guy was, like, finishing around the rim. Yeah, I think that was what stood out to me the most. Like, his finishing, obviously, we hear about Kyrie, who is amazing. But, like, I don't know, like, every episode is like, Mike has a crazy finish where it's like, he has to put some crazy English on the ball or he has to, like, like make some weird body adjustment to finish. So it's, I don't know, man, it's just crazy to me. Like that, he also had that aspect to his game, like among all the other like gifts that he had as well. So, Bri, have you ever like had a period where you just went through like highlights on YouTube? Yeah, because that was for me yeah, when yeah. I was in boarding school. Kobe and Mike on YouTube, I was killing it because first of all, we were only allowed to watch YouTube education up until eight o'clock in the evening. So once eight o'clock hit like this, you see me around Kobe, Mike highlights. But some of the stuff that he showed in these uh, episodes of The Last Dance, like, it's just crazy. Pretty much just crazy. So, yeah, just speak on that point of view, like, you watching Mike highlights and you reminiscing about stuff that he's done. I mean, because this quarantine, I've actually gone on YouTube and just watching a lot of basketball from, like, the 1980s, 1990s. Yeah. Since before even The Last Dance documentary. Also, like this, you have to also think about like, the style of play in terms of like what they used to play on. Exactly. Like, if you see the courts and everything, Mike used to jump, used to jump on down land, and like he wasn't he wasn't that injury prone. Also, so like you have to give him credit. Like, and also I re- one thing I really like about Mike was mentality. I've never seen anybody that mentality for Kobe. He just like I'm doing anything to win at all costs. Like it's, it doesn't it doesn't make sense that. Like, that's one thing I wish I could have, like, in terms of, like, like you just even watching him play, like, he, to- he used to tell guys, I'm going here, trying to stop me. No, I think just quickly, quickly, just touch on something that, like, Tobori said, like, watching the highlights, I would ask myself, I do not know how MJ didn't get injured, because exactly. they're smashing him, like, out of the sky, the like, Jordan the fouls that he was taking, like, yeah. you, like, but if you land, I think, I saw a video about how that's how Derrick Rose got injured because he didn't land properly. So and Clay all, all, last all, like, year as well. Clay Thompson all the last year. he was going up with and landing. Like, MJ yeah. was getting, like, pushed out of the sky. Like, that, go that, up that, was, that was the next episode. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's, it's wild that that was, you know, like, he went through all that and was playing, like, eight two games for, I think, for, like, eight, was it eight or nine years? Yeah. Did you guys... Wait, have you guys caught up and watched episode seven and yeah, eight? Yeah, I've been, yeah. I've been watching it live. You know the story about Le Bradford Smith? Yeah. When I was watching, I was like, there's no fucking way that this guy scored 36 points in the first... In the first... Was it the first half or the first quarter? The first half. Well, the first half. He said that, um, 
I'm going to get what he got in the game in the first half. And, and I mean, he was a point shy, but that's still crazy. So, for guys that are listening that haven't caught up, so basically, it's just one of the stories, one of the crazy stories that highlights, like, Mike's mentality in the whole of this uh, documentary. So, basically, he was playing against, I think, the Washington Bullets they were on a back-to-back. So, that's basically when you play on one day and you play literally the next day, back-to-back. So, they were playing against Washington Bullets. They had a rookie, first year in the league. His name was LeBradford Smith. And this guy literally went off, scored 37 points in the whole game that day. And Mike had a stinker. Like, I think apparently he scored like eight points or something like that. And was just yeah. missing everything. LeBradford Smith, rookie, basically, at the end of that game, the first day, went to Mike and was like, what did he say? Was it something wrong? Yeah, uh, you know, he said, um, good game. Well, that's good what game. Mike said he said. <laughs> yeah, Mike said he said, good game. And literally the next day, Mike told his teammates that he was going to score the same amount of points that LeBradford Smith scored in the whole game the day before. He was going to score that in the first half. And he literally just missed it by one point. He scored 36 points in the first half the next day after catching a flight. And also, that's crazy because guys don't do that right now, do they? Like, catch a flight from one place to another on a back-to-back. I don't mm, think so. I think the NBA is trying to cut down on that. I think, like, every year for the past, like, four or five years, they've cut down the number of, like, back-to-backs that teams have. Yeah. So, like, that story was just crazy. And what were you guys thinking when you saw that? I just, I just, the MG, MG, what guy? What mentality? What the hell is that? Like, I don't see anyone nowadays, all the superstars, I'm not going to pinpoint one person, all the superstars into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, two, the two men are stopping. But I think it's crazy because, I think the thing I appreciate about MJ is that he didn't, like, discriminate man you didn't care if you are like a hall of fame level player if you are a rookie if you are a, a journeyman like lebrafa smith was it was a rookie and you know had a good game probably who knows i obviously don't know about his career but maybe that was probably the best game of his career and mj oh. took that as like a personal challenge like okay that this guy thinks he got come and drop and he went right back in the first half and dropped they say i don't know it's just it's 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 an unmatched mentality like that that desire just to step on you at all costs to demoralize you. I even when we players talk about the Mike about Mike back there, it's like there was a palpable fear factor that when Mike stepped into like when one stepped on the court, it was like there was something different about just the kind of guy he was. So it's crazy. I think even there was a clip I saw going out about his coach who I think played in the league, Doc, Doc Collins, talking mm. about how he would how he would like guard Mike, and he said that. If I was guarding Mike, I wouldn't give him any type of challenge because that takes him to a, a place I, I I can't see anyone else going. That once you present a challenge to him, that's what gets him going. That I will just keep quiet, and let him get his like in mm-hmm. silence and not because I don't know, man. Just I do, and it's crazy because you, if you think about it, he's challenging himself in a way that if he feels it's going to look worse. Because if you tell someone that I'm going to drop fifty and then you end up with twenty points, like you just look worse as opposed to if you just kept quiet and you know and played your game. So the fact that he had that confidence in his own abilities that I can back up anything I say. I don't care who I'm playing. I don't care like if it's a final, if it's game one, if it's game eighty-two. I, I, I don't know, man. It's just it's just a different it's just a different mindset. Let's talk about Dennis Rodman. Yeah, that's next episode, episode three. What a guy! And we have no. to bear in mind this is the nineties when even you having a tattoo or whatever they look they, they look down upon that. It's completely different to nowadays. But that 48-hour Vegas <laughs> holiday or whatever that he decided to go on, let's <laughs> just speak on that. Because that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I do, actually didn't know about that. He's not married, you know, like, to, I think, Electra. Um, Carmen Electra, man. Yeah. Man. In, I, I, he got <laughs> post after, after a few months, but that guy is a mad man. One, one thing I'll say about Dennis Rodman, though. Before you go into Dennis Rodman, <laughs> we've got to give Carmen Electra flowers, man. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> How old is she now? Isn't she like 50 or 40 or something like that? Man, <laughs> she's still moving. Abby Chris. Yeah, I like only by me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but yeah, come uh, lecture. Go on. <laughs> what are you going to say about Dennis? Yeah, like in the late 80s, you know, like the Bulls lost to the Pistons three years in a row. 88, 89, 90, man. Yeah. Dennis Shorten, I was in Dennis Shorten, I was talking about all of them. Yeah, that was that was, a, that was those guys are actually such a good team. Just thinking about it, man. Chris doesn't rate them. Chris, you don't rate them. He doesn't oh, rate I the think. Oh no, like I don't rate the fact. I don't think. I think in a way they are 
remember the way they should be remembered. Because for me, the way I see it is they want playing basketball, man. Like it's ah. no, no, <laughs> see what's like. This is this is what I mean. They were a good team, yes. I, I, you can't take their championships, but the fact that if like I, I think the best way I can put it in is like in terms of um, if you watch football, guys like American football. If I'm a wide receiver and you're a corner, and the only way you can stop me is by you're tripping me, you're kicking me. Like that's not playing football. Like you're just getting and because the refs aren't calling anything, you're just getting away with like manhandling me. You aren't playing your game. You aren't showing that you're skilled in your craft. You're just abusing me and the ref is letting you get away with this. So that's what I'm saying. I don't see it that obviously I do agree. are good players like Azia Thomas, even like to MJ said he's playing they had to do more, they had roadmap. So it's like they had good players, but the way they chose to play, that's what I'm talking about. So not not that they want a great team. But I think they remember the way that like, they should remember that's, that's crazy though, but obviously Dennis became well he was a good boy when he was with the Pistons. Then over the years, like towards the end of his time with the Pistons, playing with the Spurs, yeah. then hopping on the bandwagon, not really hopping on the bandwagon, but joining the Bulls in, was it 94? Well, he joined, he joined the, the, the season MJ came back, the 95 96 season. 95 96 yeah, yeah, season. Think, yeah. yeah, that was his first full season back. I think that's when they got Rodman. Were you? What, right, let's just have some guesses. What do you think this guy did on that 48 hour holiday that he went on in Vegas? I went to the casino. Casino now. Probably went to a strip club or two. Probably I don't know, man. But he just 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 he just went on a bender, man. But I mean props to Phil Jackson because he knew that that's what Dennis needed. Needed, so, yeah. Even though I mean, I guess back then it was easier because for now, I mean, if you heard that, you know, maybe like yeah, Smith told Ty Lue that he needed to go to Vegas <laughs> for, for like seven, four, four to three hours. He would probably be like, what? So, I mean, it was just a different time back then. And so Jackson, knowing what his team needed. That's Great also coach. Like, yeah, that, that's like just a good um, like tidbit to play that as a coach. You yeah. have to coach different players different ways. Like, I'm sure probably someone like Scotty or Mike would never have asked him to go like, on like a little trips to Vegas or wherever, but that's what Dennis needed and that's what he like allowed yeah. like, Dennis to do. So that's fair. Obviously we're on episode eight, so this is the fourth weekend that we've had uh two episodes of The Last Dance each every week. But yes, one of the highlights was when Horace Grant talking about the Pistons walking off straight up bitches. <laughs> Straight up bitches. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. But I really don't see an issue with what he did, to be honest. I, mean, I don't see LeBron dapping guys up. I don't, I, I don't have an issue with what he did. Like, for example, you see LeBron. I remember when he was being swept in 2018. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's, that's what he just chose to remember. Listen. That's what he just chose to remember. Let me just give you an anecdote. I remember when he was being swept in 2018. He dapped and up KD and Steph. He dapped up KD, Draymond. I can remember Steph. him dapping people up. As he was going down the tunnel, dapped up, uh, what's his son? Bryce. What's the older one's name? I think it's Bryce and Bronny, yeah. Bronny, yeah, yeah. Dapped up Bryce and Bronny, you know, and the little wife as well on the side. So obviously he has to do that because he's getting swept. <laughs> wait. And it was never so, a competition. Wait, 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 wait. So, so you think that if he had gone to game six or seven, that he wouldn't have dapped them up? Of if course they had, not. Like, he would have gone off the court quick. No, but I think, see, 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 I think it just depends because, like, MJ said, I think even uh, John Sally said this. No, well, not John Sally, or Dumars, because he was on that couple with um, Rob Parker. He was talking about how those three years that Bulls got knocked out by the person, MJ waited every single time and took the whole team. So it's like a thing of respect. And he said that he could see the pain in MJ's eyes that this is his season over. And he still made sure like he gave them that respect and told them like and he wished them luck in the conference finals, sorry, in the finals. So despite the pain he was going through of losing, and it's not he lost three times and he still made sure that every time, like and doubt and think about it, despite the way that that you are playing against him, like so physical. So like some people have been like, okay, like F you guys, you guys are like treating me like that. But he still gave them that respect. So I think that I can't say it was wrong, but it's just like it's not I'm not saying that they had to, because I mean you don't owe anyone anything, but I think that was why MJ took it so personally. Because if MJ was like he had walked off three times, I don't think he would have cared. Okay, like I, I walked off and I lost. When like you lose, that's your right too. But the fact that he made sure that like, to give them their props when 
they were knocking him out. And the first time that he now knocked him out, they didn't give him that payment. They think that was like rubbed him the wrong way. Yeah, that's fair. Anyways, I think that was episode four that he did that on. So like episode five, Kobe. That that's what started it off. That's what kicked it off. Was man. The Olympic year and when he went to Barcelona. Yeah, well, I think they kicked it off with Kobe, the All Star game in ninety eight. Yeah, when Kobe was nineteen, man. Obviously, episode one of this podcast, we've already spoken about the inspiration of this podcast being Kobe Bryant. But watching that episode, man, it gave me chills, man. Like fine tingling stuff, to be honest, because I you miss him so much, and you realize that this guy came from high school and was mixing it up with like some old old niggas in this game and was still and they were talking about him in the changing rooms before an all-star game like who does that especially Michael Jordan was talking about you Michael Jordan doesn't have time to be giving anyone any of that credit but yeah man how do you guys feel like watching that in general I mean it brought back like I just just memories man like because even like my first one of my first basketball games was only like first ever game was like well I got watched on YouTube was like Kobe's highlight in, in 26 when he dropped 60 against the Utah Jazz. Yeah. And, like, the final game he played. I mean, that was, I was just like, wow. I mean, like, I really, I, I repeat, but man, it's just sad. I was actually, it was hard to watch the first few minutes of that. And when he spoke about, you can't compare him to Michael Jordan or you can't say, oh, he's going to do this to Mike or he's better than Mike or whatever because he got everything he had from Mike. And that's so true as well. Like, you, you've seen so many videos on Twitter where, Literally yeah. every move, turn around jumpers, like driving into the lanes, splitting double teams and stuff like that. Like, like literally what Mike used to do, and he copied every single thing. And Mike said that as well. So, RIP yeah. Kobe Bryant, and thank you for the memories. Thank you for being part of the documentary because that was an important moment for me, especially, and I think for a lot of people as well. And I think that was the same episode. They went into the dream team. We're gonna go into that. But let's talk about the shoes because how did Adidas take an L on Mike, Kobe? I think they took an L on Bron as well. I mean, I think it's not. I don't know, man. I mean, obviously, just because the way we are social media, but in a way, I don't think it's a case of they took an L. I mean, obviously, I don't know the details of what went into their offer to MJ. Yeah. But I think it's a case of I think if any, you can say that Converse took an L because they thought that MJ wouldn't be bigger than Magic and Larry. But Adidas sure. like their guy i don't know the offer they made him but it's kind of thing where in a way mike was lucky too because his mom told him to go and hear them out like what if his mom had just said you know let's just go with what they're offering us like i mean that's just the way of doing like your like your due diligence so i mean that's like a lesson to everyone do, do like your due diligence don't just you know turn away something because you think it's not worth your time so they had like a good offer and like i think in a way it was circumstance too because Nike wasn't on the scene yet, so it was, they could pitch him as okay, you're going to be our guy. Like yeah. Adidas had their guys, Converse had their guys, so it's just a mixture of MJ got lucky and then obviously having his parents push him in the right direction. But his dad also said that okay, that like you have to sign this, like this is too good a deal. So just a mix of things that worked out in his favor. And obviously now, I don't think in our lifetime we'll see any athletes reach the level of like. <laughs> of influence in like the shoe game that MJ has reached because yeah. he's been doing it for so long and he was like the first one to have like his um just shoe brand like a signature shoe that was just him wearing it because I think Magic and Larry used to wear the same brand of shoe like the same type but MJ had his own and every year there was like a new model so yeah. I think he he can't be touched because I mean right now he's still outselling LeBron plus KD plus Kobe plus Kyrie plus PG so it's just wild man first Let's just go into the dream team. Obviously, Isaiah got left off the team. He still has that guy today. To this day, like, the guy went on first take and other shows and he looked like he was going to cry because Mike said he still hates him to this day. What did you expect? Like, obviously, you're going to get left off the team. That's the thing as well with... It's good having good credentials or whatever, but you've got to know people. You've got to be a good person to people as well and... That that just shows it here. That seems really nice now, though. That's it. That's funny. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, he's always been nice. I mean, from what I know, he's always been a nice guy, like off the court. Which that's how most of them are. Like off the court, like everyone says that Mike was a great guy, but on the court, he, he was a killer. Like Isaiah was it? Like even Magic was. A, uh, everyone knows that. Like Magic is probably like probably top three, four personalities in like NBA history. He's very like charismatic, but on the court, man, he was out there to like 
like to win our course. So, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just a thing of the only thing I can say is that, in as much as he deserves to be there, what from everything I've heard and read and watched, they wanted to focus on like the team chemistry. Which, if he had problems with Pippen, problems with MJ, problems with Magic, problems with Bird, maybe mm-hmm. they felt that it would have like been detrimental to team to team chemistry. So. And every day, like it's unfortunate for his own like personal resume that he doesn't have like that on his resume, but just one of those things that happens and you kind of have to like you have to live on. with and live with for the rest of your life. Obviously there's so much more that's happened in like episodes six, seven, and eight. I don't know. We can't really get into that. We've done about thirty minutes now. So I think we're just gonna lock it off there. Obviously you guys should go and watch it. Literally, it's literally one of the best documentaries of all time, in my opinion. Like, definitely the best documentary I've ever seen. Every episode, it's just been amazing. Even if you're not basketball fan, like, you, you just still understand what's happened back in the 90s and stuff like that, and the mystique around Michael Jordan. So, yes, we're going to finish this podcast off. I've got both of you guys on. I know you guys love watching NBA now. I know Chris... He's got his guys that he loves a lot to watch. I don't think Tobri has got specific guys, but he still loves watching the NBA all around. So I'm just going to go straight into it. Top five players in the NBA right now that you think could give Mike problems. Give Right now. Right now in the NBA. Current players. Give him problems. Um, I'm going to start off and just say KD. Yeah, now Devs, I think KD just like, just go like this. He's just he's seven foot. He can shoot the ball from any uh, trajectory. He has the skill of a guard. Mm. So obviously, yeah, I think you have to take KD. I would say, um, mm, I'll say Kawhi, man, because it's kind of like a mirror image kind of player, man. And, and Kawhi is strong. Plus, I was going to say back when you were comparing Kobe and Mike, I think the only thing that Kobe didn't have, he didn't have like Mike's huge hand, and Kawhi has that man where he can just palm the ball and you know. True. Like that's another added because a lot of times you'll see Mike can fake people just by holding the ball and like faking it all with just like that. So Kawhi has that plus Kawhi is pretty strong as well. So I think I obviously Kawhi can also defend, so that's also a problem. Um I'm gonna so say I think, Pardon? I think LeBron will give the MG work. Who? <laughs> LeBron, bro. I think the I think in a head to head, if like we see that matchup, I think obviously you can't stop MJ from scoring. But I think what Braun would do is just try and like facilitate for his team in terms of like even if you don't want to like, because I think if it came down to if Mike felt threatened, which he probably would because obviously LeBron is an all time great. It might not end well because he, like, like I said, he can go to a place where I don't think we've ever seen any other player able to go to. But he can't really stop LeBron, man. Like, LeBron is an all-time great, too. I don't think it's a case of... I'm looking more like scorers, to be honest, when I'm thinking of giving MJ problems because MJ was a was a great defender. So, mm, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, all... At the end of the day, man, all great players will get theirs, man. I'm just looking strictly at, like, people who can, like, score with, like, ease. I think that. Yeah. That's fair. So so far we've got KD, Kawhi, Tobey said LeBron. I have to agree. <laughs> I mean, um, I think two more. I would. I mean, obviously back in the day, I've said uh, uh, Melo would have given. Um, and, back in the day, Melo. Yeah, I'll, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say back in the day, man, because Melo was a problem. Mike said himself that Melo was going to give there was a clip that Melo posted oh yeah that like, like he would have, would have liked to play him one on one I think if I was in my prime who would I want to play one on one that list is very long for Jerry West Elgin Baylor Kobe Bryant in his prime LeBron in his prime D Wade in his prime Melo yeah. I don't think I lose other than Kobe Bryant because he steals all my moves so I think because Melo had like a pretty like smooth game as well. Plus, even I think Kobe, I watched it where he said that Melo was as strong as that Hawk. And so Melo was pretty strong as well. So, I mean, but if, just keep scoring the, uh, I don't know, man. Like One more person. I'm trying to think in terms of, there aren't that many like, I mean, obviously, because you have a guy like Kyrie, but he, he doesn't like, he's just quick. He has the handle. So, you know, maybe, I mean, we saw AI put MG on skate. So maybe... You know, Kyrie <laughs> be able to use like his quickness to cause me a few problems. 
I mean, I think I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen there's a clip of like Team USA practice where Kyrie literally went through like the whole team. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. He went past KD, then he spawned past Kobe, went behind the back. He went, but I mean, Kyrie, mm, I think maybe I'll probably go with that. Oh, I, I would have said, I mean, we forgot about James Harden. That's, that's like a good shot. <laughs> I don't know why guys do race Harden. I really, I really. <laughs> no way. Relax. James Harden will give Mike problems. Well, I mean, well, James Harden might cause Mike to fall out, bro. Exactly, bro. Depends. I said we were playing in the nineties, taking them back to those days with the hand checking and everything. So, no, I mean, if you have hand checking, then no, uh, no. If you have hand checking, then you can just basically steer someone like anywhere you want them to go. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I think honestly, people are most comfortable with. I would say Kawhi and KD are probably two that are most. Definitely the last person I can put in. It's probably not going to be a choice for everyone, but I feel like AD will give him problems. Oh my god, man! That's just, I mean, in that case, you might as well call like Embiid because he's seven. I mean, I'm, I don't know, man. Like, but you wouldn't send Mike to go and guard. AD's a skilled big man, man, but you can't match him up, obviously, because I don't think uh, Mike is going to be guarding anyone in the post. But yeah, that's the episode done. Thank you guys for coming on. We're about to get kicked off this Zoom call. Got seven minutes left. But yes, thank you guys for coming on. Chris and Tuburi. You guys should go follow Tuburi. His fitness account, OTDA Fit, on Instagram. Abby, that's how you spell it. You know, yeah. That's like two T's. Two T's on the fit. Yeah, we need to bring you back on to give us some tips on fitness and what we need to do because you know when we get out of this lockdown we need to work on the calves we need to work on the legs so that we can be looking good for 2021 summer you dig yeah next year summer bro <laughs> 2021 summer but yeah thank you guys for coming on third episode of 81 podcast in the books follow the instagram 81 pod you know the vibes apple podcast spotify subscribe on there as well you can you can get it on Anchor as well. So, yeah, that's the episode done. See you guys in two weeks' time, hopefully. Stay safe. Bye-bye.